Welcome to Concession Impressions, the show where we watch a film and then we review it immediately after. On this episode, we're not just gonna watch a film, we're gonna taste it. So, the menu, it's the directed by the same guy who did Succession. So he directed and produced several episodes of Succession. Yeah, he's like a TV director. Anyways, so the menu is a, you know, pristine hour and 45 minute film that takes you along for a dinner. It's very breezy. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much about 10 guests who go to this pristine, if I would say Michelin star, there's only three Michelin stars normally. It would be like a four Michelin star restaurant, pretty much. Like it's like above everything, I would say, right? Like class and everything. And then the elitist of elite. Yeah, you know, the 0.1% of 1%. Mm-hmm. And pretty much these 10 guests pay a lot of money and they get to have this experienced dinner. And the movie is just unraveling this crazy dinner experience. I would say it that way without, that's probably a good way to summarize it possibly without spoiling anything. My summary is Lord Voldemort serves you a meal. Oh yeah, it's like Lord <laughs> Voldemort's like... <laughs> It's his origin story. Sure. He leaves Hogwarts and then he's, it's before he becomes Voldemort. He's like, I'm going to become a chef. And then, he, yeah. Ralph Fiennes is one of the leads of this movie. Yes. Who, um, if you don't know, is Voldemort. And the whole time, all I can think is Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite, okay, this is me a little bit of a tangent, I'm sorry, but one of my favorite parts of Harry Potter is, I forget what movie it is, but it's when Ralph Fiennes actually becomes Voldemort. In one of the beginning of the movies, there's like this montage of just like Voldemort just on a green screen and just like making noises. Uh, it's so funny. Every time I watch it, I always laugh. He's just like, yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's it just watch it. It's supposed to be like really serious, but I just keep laughing whenever I watch He's that scene. It's supposed to be really menacing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's dancing in front of a camera. Anyways, uh, yeah, he's a great actor. I think he's in a lot of, he's in Grand Budapest Hotel. He's in a lot of other movies. Uh, He does intensity really well. Like that is, I think, the through line throughout all of his characters is Mm, they are all deeply obsessive. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. The movie also stars Anna Taylor Joy. Nicholas Holt, and I guess a lot of other actors that... Mostly TV actors, I believe. And then John Leguizamo, who's pretty big. Judith Light is a veteran actor. Arturo Castro, comedian actor. It's a really interesting cast, because you have a, a pretty decent mix of, like... TV actors and film actors? Well, I was going to say comedy actors and well, dramatic actors. I think that's a good point because I think the film is actually, to put it in a genre, it's like a drama, satire, mm-hmm. comedy, thriller. Very sardonic. Oh, I like that word. No. <laughs> you don't like the... I'm trying to figure out, I, I'm trying to establish which character I am in the movie. You're definitely the, the lady. <laughs> I'm the lady. The, yes. the bloom. What is her name? The actress' name, or no, the her character's name, Lillian Bloom. Is that her? Lillian Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. I the she in the movie she is a a very pretentious restaurant reviewer, uh, who over intellectualizes every course of this like 
seven eight course meal nice oh uh, that's, that's actually kind of fun so you, you would you say that you vibe with that character the most i found her intensely funny because i just saw myself in it yeah because <laughs> that, that i was also thinking like oh who would i be because each person at this dinner is kind of like an archetype of mm-hmm. like snobby person right i think i would be tyler the like main the, guy the foodie <laughs> Because, like, I feel like that's me. I, I love to cook, and I'm always, like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, oh, sous vide? Like, I, I know that method. I have a sous vide. But right. then it's, like, I don't know. And then I'm, like, oh, I'm not really a chef. I don't have any cooking experience. I just love to cook, and I just cook every day, and I just try to learn myself. But I'm not, like, you know, using right. tweezers to make a rock look cool and putting a scallop on top of it. I mean, I think he's more sycophantic than you are. I he, He's, like... He would be me if I... Uh, He's I, you taken to an extreme. Yeah. I also feel like I'm a little bit like that as well. Like, I feel like I'm in between him and Jillian Bloom character. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, I think we kind of talked about random things, but that I do like where we're going. It's a very fun movie. So scoop rating. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Scoop, which is actually really good because, you know, it's, it's a fitting. food. Yeah. So how many scoops would you give this movie? I'm trying to think of footy words that could be like, like a, a, a light emulsion of two scoops or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about food. So I can't think of any good words for that. But I would say two scoops for me. This is this movie plays right up my my personal tastes. Like it's deeply pretentious and it's a metaphor film. It's a very intentionally artistic film. Uh-huh. And I think it's a fucking hilarious fun ride. Yeah, okay. I will agree with you that I would also give it two scoops. And this would be from zero scoops being just skip it, one scoop, maybe see it if you feel like you're up to it. Two scoops is like, oh, I would highly recommend this film. So I would say two scoops, go watch it. It is definitely a metaphor and it definitely has its like, its deeper meanings that I feel like I could rewatch and kind of look more into it. But on just like a surface level, I think it's a just a, a fun time in general. It's very entertaining. Yeah. It's written by an Onion alum, which makes so much oh, sense. Oh, that does make a lot of sense. Let's go into spoilers because I kind of want to talk a little bit more about it. So from here on out. Go watch the movie, then come back. Definitely recommend this. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. And it's a very easy movie to watch, too. Go right into the bang. That was the fourth course, right? Where the, the, the guy kills himself. Yes. Spoiler. Guy kills himself. Actually, yeah. more more than a few people kill themselves in this film. Uh, what was it? It was called like like Somebody Makes a Mess, the name of the guy. The sous chef's mess or something like that? Yeah. It wasn't called that, but it was like sous chef's name. That was one of the, actually, one of the more visually stunning scenes too, because they kept doing like shots from above and you saw how they like plated the entire set yeah in a really distinct and interesting way yeah they maximize a single location to an extremely to to a great degree <laughs> yeah i like how we're getting a lot of these kind of like one room or one location films mm-hmm. again i feel like i've said this like so many times because of probably covid which is funny because they even mentioned that they're like yes. we kept you in business during covid <laughs> um which is i thought it was funny i mean this whole movie was as much as a, a fun time in terms of all the jokes as it was a thrill ride. And so many great character actors. That was the other thing that this movie had has in spades is just every single actor in this is a great character actor. And so all the characters are interesting, even if they're only on screen for like maybe 10 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the one thing that it kind of, I don't know if it was a bad point or if it was just kind of pushing towards the point of what this movie was, but definitely all the characters felt exaggerated mm-hmm. characters, archetypal characters, which I feel like is part of the message of the film. But mm-hmm. at, at times I'm like, oh, this is like too much. But it, it kind of feels like going to our first filmmaker's cookbook episode about Airplane, which is a satire film. And I feels those moments feel like, oh, this is a satire film. Like, that's when I kind of get that. It's like, this character, even though, you know, this person just killed himself, and then you turn, cut to him, and he's like, wow, this food's so good, kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's hyperbole. You know, and then they're just like, oh, it's just a show, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. some parts, it's like, are they not gonna, like, do something? Are they just gonna continue eating? And then it's like, playing off that satire and the thriller. Do you think that works, though? Like, because I think, does it? do you think it kills the thrill of it because it's just like, they're kind of making fun of stuff? Or do you think it, it works well this kind of combination of thrill and it works for me but i think i am literally the exact audience for this type of film i love satire i like satire too but Um, i also love thrillers yeah so i don't know if this is really a thriller elements of suspense i don't know i would say drama i think it's just a straight satire but there's like that like mystery to it sure would you call i don't don't know i wouldn't call it a mystery though because i don't think it's really mystery-esque And there's no like traditional MacGuffin. There's just, I think what it is is that there's a a driving force because they've set it up so well with the courses. And that was one of the things that I think is interesting is the structure of this film is really structured around this meal. And so there's an inherent beginning, middle and end because of that. Just like at dinner, like how you, I don't know if you eat many like course meals. Not regularly. (laughs) But I mean, me neither, but I would maybe go once or twice you know, every few years, you know, around the holidays or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's so structured so well where you know each plate, um, this is, you know, course one, course two, course three, you know, like all those kind of things. And there's also those little surprises. Sorry, you're kind of gasping, like, can I say something, but I just kind of cut you off. No, keep going. There's like, even when you get into like the desserts and then they'll like bring out a coffee or some of that or or tea for like, you know, to cleanse or not cleanse, but to kind of clear that sweetness palette of, of all the sweetness you ate or something like that. Where there's like there's little surprise courses in this film as well, which is, you know, also really great. But yeah. I think what this movie does so well is it sets up the promise of the premise, which is a screenwriting thing. In the first like five minutes of the film, we know they're going to go to a once in a lifetime dining experience. That's what the setup of the movie is. Once in a lifetime. Yes, exactly. And so with that structure in mind, the editing also really supports this by before each kind of sequence, each course of the meal, we get this flash of course one or whatever, course three, course five, the amuse-bouche or whatever, you know, whatever portion of the meal they're at. And in doing that it gives us like these little morsels along the way and it just guides us along really nicely even if there isn't like a like a character motivation necessarily that we're following or like an arc there's still a arc that we are following which is the course of this meal which is so brilliant and also i mean this movie basically plays out in real time more or less yeah which is unusual for most films I mean, there's like the beginning kind of jumps from the boat mm. ride and everything like that. But for the most part, yeah, it, it goes throughout. It's kind of like Saw <laughs> leap there, I guess. But the first Saw, more or less, I think, plays out in generally 
real time? In real time. That's what you said before. Yes. Just total uh, lapse of I wouldn't, there. I wouldn't, I haven't seen Saw, so I can't actually, Seesaw? I haven't seen see, Saw. Seesaw. It's like they're in a room and they have, they're either going to escape or they're not. I, I know the, I know the premise of Saw. I've never seen it, so I don't know that it's all in real time, but it is interesting. And also I think how, I think it's like the perfect food film mm-hmm. because each dish, like if going back to that analogy of the film is pretty much like a course meal, right? Where you start off with the appetizers and these smaller things. The same way the film kind of starts in these smaller dishes kind of building up to its like main dishes, right? And then ending with its like fantastic kind of cherry on top dessert. Right. So, and I think the film kind of reflects that with like starting off and like getting to know the characters a little bit and kind of exploring the island and the space you're in and then kind of slowly and kind of like more aggressively going into the night and kind of really giving you your heartier dishes towards the end yeah i mean i i think this movie is quite literally a a metaphor for not only directing but basically any kind of art form that has a, a narrative running through it yeah and speaking of that actually I, I not really but it kind of made me think of this which is something i wanted to talk about which is i mentioned in the beginning which that is this film is an hour and 45 minutes mm-hmm. one it felt it actually feels like no way that wasn't an hour and 45 minutes because it felt like it went by so quickly yeah but it felt like the perfect amount of time for the film there's so many films we've watched recently that i just felt like were a little too long yeah and this one is just felt just the, the perfect right amount the of yeah every aspect this, of this is perfectly proportioned yeah it's perfectly proportioned so you leave the movie theater just the right amount you know each dish made sure that you're not going to be too full or too hungry by the end Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just the perfect amount which is really kind of a a thing that it's kind of a, a high standard that this movie essentially sets for itself right like if this movie had parts that lag i think it would be incredibly noticeable and would ruin the whole movie almost that's true like this is a directing masterclass editing masterclass writing masterclass i think yeah everything was very like on point throughout which is great i mean i think the cinematography was also kind of fun mm-hmm. i think the actually the cinematography might be my least favorite point of the movie and i i don't even think it's like that's saying anything bad about the cinematography i thought the cinematography was great it's just that everything else is to such a high standard yeah yeah i that's I agree. I think the only thing that I thought was kind of weird with the cinematography was like the B-roll shots. Mm-hmm. What about them? They were kind of like felt cheap to me. I don't know. Uh, okay. Like it was just like, I'm going to take a shot of here's a piece of dead tree in the water. I'm just going to do a simple pan or something like, like I don't know. It just all the other shot. Like, I think we were going off what you're saying, your point, which was everything was really well Mm. built that like all the other shots felt so well crafted that the b-roll shots and some shots just felt like meh well i kind of thought that was still better commentary about at the beginning because those kind of go away towards the end that's true i was thinking that too actually that yeah beginning more has those kind of b-roll shots and the end is more it's this like luxuriating thing which is exactly what the meal is doing is so you're like luxuriating in the, the melon balling of different tiny melons and putting some some sea salt snow on it and you know mixing the flavors of the fats and the juices and the and the sugars and you know it's just it, it isn't i took it as literally 
the film is doing the exact same thing that that this chef is doing. Yeah, just like how the chef also kind of is making fun of the people and and everything. The movie's also kind of it's it's kind of I don't know. It's a satire making fun of the characters in the film and also, but in real life, the movie's making fun of. Mm-hmm those aspects as well i mean this movie is kind of a hard movie to review because it's literally mocking us as we make this yeah pretty much (laughs) which i love i love that it's literally sticking its tongue out at us right now sitting here and you all listening to this review it's making fun of you too (laughs) yeah all of us are the death of art (laughs) right so go watch it yes (laughs) go watch it just, I love being made fun of. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you gotta laugh at yourself sometimes. You um, know, it's like roasting comedy, right? Like, people go to get roasted by... I don't, I don't, like, I don't really know any roasting com- uh, com- comedians, sorry. But uh, I, I, under- I understand what you're, what you're talking about, yes. Like, you know, there's that whole niche of comedy that's like a making fun of... Mm-hmm. Making fun of people, but not just making fun of them. Like Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr is a British comedian. Okay. And I think that people who go see this and the reaction from the people in the movie theater. Everybody got it. I think it's crafted that you more or less will kind of lean or gravitate towards certain people mm-hmm. and their archetypes. And if you're not laughing at one person, you will for sure get one of the characters archetypes. I mean, I I don't even think this movie is particularly subtle uh, with its messaging, which I think is one of its strengths. I think like I don't know where this got started, but for some reason, people think it's a virtue to be subtle and to have your message be obscured. And I don't agree with that at all. I think sometimes the most artful thing is to be boldly exaggerated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, like, there is no meaning to something. People try to, be, like, go mm-hmm. into something and be like, what's the real meaning behind Shakespeare's Hamlet or some of that? But then, like, sometimes it's not that case. I think maybe that example was not the best one. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're too ambiguous. But I think this one is it's more on the nose to the point where that's the point of. Mm-hmm. But it's I think the, the how it gets away with being that that on the nose is that it's actually very sincere which is unusual for a satire yeah the it does have that sincerity to it which i think it ends on a peak sincere moment yeah which is interesting because it's mostly satire throughout and i don't know what i I was almost thinking that it was going to end in this like set satirical way of i don't know like it was all a joke or or something but it, it ended very serious and very like that that would have been literal classic satire is that it was all just a show and all of this was for the benefit of you know the audience paying and you know we are really that sick in the head yeah i mean well another movie that i thought kind of resembled this one was the game yes and 100%. I, I was thinking that possibly... It's actually really on the perfect, yeah. Like, Anna Taylor-Joy's character was the only one who's, like... The normie. Well, she is in the film, but I was thinking that, like, she is... She's the main character, pretty much. Yeah. But also, it's... The whole dinner is for her. Right. In a way, I was like, oh, maybe everyone's in on it. And then the ending is just going to be like, oh, we fooled you. How, mm-hmm. have, hope you enjoyed your food, your dinner, kind of thing. But it was, like, halfway through, you're just like, no way. That's... This is... They've already said at the beginning and throughout the entire film how this is going to end. And it just... 
it goes that exact way. Mm-hmm. Which is also another like anecdote, I guess, that the film is making, right? This is going to happen this way. This is going to happen this way. And a lot of times, you know, I feel like we have these sure signs of like, oh, okay, if we don't recycle, we don't take care of the earth, then the earth's going to like, you know, global warming and everything's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, and if we continue this way, it's going to, it is going to happen. And just like how this movie is just like, okay, this is how this movie is going to end pretty much. And then it doesn't, it happens that way because that's like nothing changes pretty much, right? Besides the Anna Taylor Joy kind of going off and going her own way. I don't know, is that too far of a stretch for me to make this connection or I'm not fully following, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Let me just we'll just forget about I'm trying that. Trying to think thing. of what you're trying to get at there. Like I think it's actually taking sort of an opposite stance to the game. But I think the game is kind of a spiritual cousin because they are commenting on the same things. Like, you know, consumer culture, elitism, the insiderness versus the outsiderness and uh, all of that and wealth and prestige and whatever. This movie is trying to get us to just enjoy the moment and to stop, you know, obsessing about how sick we are. Okay, I see. It ends on her literally just enjoying a fucking burger. Yeah, that's true. I actually didn't, I was thinking of it maybe in a more cynical way. I I do like your takeaway from it. Interesting. How are you thinking about it? I think it was kind of just like very, because like very like, oh, you all, all these archetypes, all of you are very like, you're an archetype of this. You're an archetype of like a rich person. You're a cheater, right? And like, this is all the things you've done and you're kind of this plague to society and all these, you have to just be removed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also the chefs are like, we ourselves are trying to pass pass this judgment onto you but at the same time we're not perfect for our own reasons and we're showing you as well so we also need to remove ourselves and she's the only one who was like the innocent one so she kind of left kind of thing which i was thinking like very cynical and kind of i want to like maybe deep because you know this is our initial like fresh from the movie theater so it hasn't really settled maybe some of the deeper meetings or you know maybe on a Mm rewatch or something i can kind of get it but that was kind of like my initial thoughts but i do like your yours is a little bit more optimistic and kind of which is weird for me yeah i feel like (laughs) it would have been opposite usually our our thought process i don't know i just i i really felt like this was like it, it it's a deeply cynical this is something I have said about myself is that I am a cynical optimist as opposed to, you know, just a cynic. I, I think this movie starts off at a very cynical place, but ends so sincerely, which I think is something that makes it feel so much more fulfilling as opposed to something like the game, which is really enjoyable and deeply cynical, but kind of leaves you cold at the end. True. True. And this movie, I think, leaves you kind of like, okay, all the, all the bad people, you know, they suck and should be burned alive, you know, as, as they are. Turned to uh, s'mores. Turned to s'mores. So funny. I feel like there's so many scenes in this film, too, that I just want to, like, show a scene to a friend and be like, I feel like you've said this before. For instance, like the s'mores thing, that s'mores are, like, the, the worst creation for <laughs> the chef, like, any food creation ever. I mean, it's taking people to task, man. I've said so many of the things. <laughs> In it's, this movie. It's funny. I should be burned alive and, <laughs> you know, yeah. have the chocolate running down my face as it melts. Kind of my, like um, my marshmallow jacket. In a Jones 
like Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of like face melting face melting in the end delicious uh, in a delicious way but <laughs> yeah I think it's great I would I would actually love to go watch it again did you catch how well it sets up its Chekhov's guns you like the fucking one-liners at the beginning I was dying I, I think it has a lot of very I don't know if I want to say like it's kind of hard to put a point on it because it's like this is it well t- written or is it just like too perfect in a way does that make sense it could be too perfect I, I think there's a case that could be made that it is like and this is a problem I think with a lot of satires especially very intellectual satires that they end up being kind of false feeling because of that you know mm-hmm. Which I think is why it ending on this very sincere note actually makes it feel a little less false Uh and a little more satisfying and not just like an intellectual masturbation. (laughs) To put it really grossly. But (laughs) I'm not sure if that really answered the question. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even remember what my question was really, but I think my my point my point was that like because you said the beginning the one-liners everything was perfect like really great you really enjoyed it this movie will be great on rewatch i i think i already want to i want to like watch it with someone and i think that leads me into my next thing which um i kind of want to talk about which is concession impression sure you want to just jump into it sure i want to give my review and i feel like i keep saying it and i i keep on saying like oh i want to do this i want to like watch it again or i want to take someone to watch it which is kind of just like kind of spoiling my <laughs> review i would say like there's no anticipation on what what would i rank this film i wonder there's, there's no tension <laughs> yeah but i mean so you're giving it a review. raisinette right? it's a raisinette i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, no, I would say it's a peanut M&M film. Yes. And uh, you know what? It's maybe like a family-sized bag of peanut M&Ms. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was thinking about this actually on the drive over from the movie theater to this Applebee's whatever parking lot we're in. Like what movies came out this year? And I was kind of like fumbling with it. And there's a few films I like this year, but I would say currently that this film might be in my top 10 film list of the year. Currently, there's a few good films coming out or possibly good films coming out the next month and a half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could change possibly, but so far I think it it makes it into my uh, top 10 film with somewhere within the top 10 films of this year for For me. For sure. I think this, I'm trying to think of other films I've watched this year that just like I enjoyed as much as this one. And I think the only other one that may be a competitor for that and probably because it's a more recent film that we've watched is Barbarian. Which I think is a very, interestingly, that film takes the exact opposite approach to storytelling, I think, than this one does, where it's almost unplanned, just pure chaos. <laughs> yeah. I was. I thought you were going to say everywhere, every time. Oh, that's any, a good one, yeah. Anything, I, whatever I it's called. That one. that one is also up there. It would be hard for me to place them. They're all right up at the top for me this year. And you know what the, the through line through all of them is that they are all really well directed and not... Marvel superhero films. <laughs> yeah, I I think a lot of the films I like this year where there's like hits or misses of this kind of case, but they're like these not super well-known original um, directors and and writers and stuff that do these kind of smaller budget i mean smaller as in like not one billion dollar marvel cgi fest films but like these you know more condensed films and sometimes they're terrible but some of them are like i thought really good and i think i i I really appreciated that this this year yeah, yeah yeah i think that might have been a consequence of the restrictions 
of COVID actually that we've seen some benefit of because everyone had to kind of reduce the size of the films and not rely just on giant budgets and all these fancy multiple locations and big set pieces. Yeah. But um, I think it's just also the original content was able to shine. Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's so that's great. Twelve Marvel movies in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, not until next year. I know. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, but anyways, I I kind of jumped the the tracks there a little bit and went on a tangent, but we didn't even get to your review. So what what would you review? Peanut M and M's. Okay. (laughs) This is great. Definitely up there, my tops tops of the year. I'll have to go through and see. Look at every movie I've watched this year and actually decide what were the best ones this year. Maybe we can do like um, a tier ranking for twenty twenty two. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be, I think it'd be we, fun. We've promised several tier rankings at this point. <laughs> we've not done one of them. Yeah. Will we also say Disney tier list or something? Disney, Marvel, yeah. animated films. <laughs> like, We're just going to become a tier list podcast at that point. All right. So that concludes. That was our last... That was a little dessert to this uh, episode of a review. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have been satiated. Your ears have uh, your earful feel. And uh, we uh, will catch you guys next week. Till then, have a great week. Bye. Voldemort offers you an amuse-bouche, say no. Well, say yes, and then eat it and then run. I would, I would try it. Hey, man, if Voldemort is making me a... You're right. Say yes and enjoy it. Yeah, but know that Sincerely. you probably will die after because it is Voldemort. <laughs>